I'm really excited this evening. We're actually launching um, a new series that we're going to be talking about for the next five or six weeks. Um, it's going to be really practical, and I really believe it's going to be helpful for your life. So strap yourself in, get ready. Is anyone excited for this evening? I, I can feel it, man. I just felt even in worship, it's like, ooh, ooh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good night uh, tonight. And so we're launching this new series. The series is called Build your life. Turn the person beside you say, build your life. We always say that uh, at our church here, it's, it's, we, we don't come to watch things. We're not, we're not uh, grandstand Christians. So there's going to be some interaction this evening. So just get ready for that. Uh, if you're introverted, embrace it. It's awesome. You're going to make a new friend uh, tonight. Uh, but build your life. And, and the, the subheading, I suppose, is creating the future that you want to live in. I think it's really, there's so many practical ways that God actually wants to help us to build our life, uh, to build our life into the kind of flourishing, incredible, hope-filled, purpose-filled lives that He has for each and every one of us. That actually in our lives, we don't have to be victims. We can actually overcome the things in our life through the power of Jesus and live great, big, world-changing lives. Is there anyone this evening who wants to be a world changer. Come on, I hope that's our all I hope that's each and every one of our vision is to actually leave the play the world a better place than where it started. I don't know about you, I don't want my tombstone to say here lies Levi who ate Cheetos and played Xbox Live a lot. I, I want to have a tombstone that says here lies Levi who left the world a better place for Jesus, who made the world a better place for Jesus. And even as, as, as I'm sharing this right now, I can sense that maybe there's some people here and, and you're thinking, that's great for you. That's not me. My personality is not be noisy into a microphone like you or, or whatever it is. There's, often as we start to talk about these things, we, all the excuses start to bubble up as to why that's not me, why I can't achieve that. And um, I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 26 to 31 in the Passion Translation. Um, hopefully it helps a few of us if you've got that thinking. It says, brothers and sisters, um, consider who you were when God called you to salvation. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered elite when you answered God's call. But God chose who the world considers foolish to shame those who think that they are wise. And God chose the, the puny and the powerless to shame the high and the mighty. Can anyone relate to that maybe? The puny and the powerless. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, the nobodies, so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent, so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God, as we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one, and now he is our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, and our redemption. And this fulfills what is written, if anyone boasts, let him only boast in what the Lord has done. 
I don't know if anyone here might relate to a few of the statements made in that scripture. Maybe you felt lowly. Maybe you felt insignificant. Maybe you felt a little powerless. I've got great news for you this evening. God can use you to make a difference in our world. God has got a great big purpose for your life. Actually, chances are the more insignificant, the more lowly, the the more uh, not up to it you feel, the bigger plan God has for your life. Because God loves to meet us here and take us here. He loves to meet us in, I'm not good enough, and be like, you are the perfect candidate for me to use to transform the world. It's good news. He is calling you into an amazing tomorrow. The whole thought of this series is that your past doesn't determine your future when it comes to Jesus. He wants to give you the the power and the strength to build a better tomorrow comes through Jesus. But also, we have a part to play in this, okay? This is... This is, I guess the the thought of the series is going to be very practical. How do we build a better tomorrow? Because God wants to give me the vision. He wants to give me the strength. He wants to give me the hope. But I actually have a part to play in building the tomorrow that I want to live in. And and I think, you know, the the world we live in, it's, it's kind of full of excuses as to why not, right? Um, whether that's, uh, I think as we understand ourselves more, as it, whether it's, oh, my personality doesn't line up with that. Like I'm just an introvert. I'm an ITFJN. Um, that's not my thing. That's not a personality type. Um, whatever it is, these excuses or there's, there's this past trauma or there's um, whatever. And, and while valid, it's impossible to build your life if you limit it by these things that have been said over your life. If you don't recognize that you can actually rise above, you know, maybe it's even, I, I think it's, you know, stuff like maybe even astrology. And it's like, well, I'm just a Sagittarius. And this week my stars said, I'm not going to do anything great, but I'm going to meet someone who's very special and important in my life. Um, you know, let's not use things as excuses. Let's actually rise above and realize with Jesus, I don't have to be a victim. I can actually be an overcomer. I don't have to be a victim to the set of cards that life has dealt me. I can actually rise above into the life that God is calling me to. So build your life. Your future is not an accident and you're not just a victim to now. So some principles to designing the future we want to live in. And so tonight is Build Your Life Part 1 and we want to talk about choosing a career. Or maybe we can broaden it to the question, what should I do? Has anyone ever asked yourself the question, what should I do? Uh, whether it's when you're in high school and they're like, what are you going to do? You know, our whole life we're fed that, right? What are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to do? In, in Taiwan, what they do, we lived in Taiwan for many years, just context for this story. Um, the story. The first birthday of a kid, they sit them on the ground and they put a bunch of toys around them that represent different careers. They put like a hammer and slightly closer, they put like some doctor's thing things and, um, and maybe some lawyer stuff a little bit closer and then some other stuff over there. And, and the superstition is that the child will, will crawl to the job that's meant to be their future. Um, but I think, honestly, growing up here, it's the question you get constantly asked, right? What are you going to do with your life? And so I hope um, this evening we've got some practical ways to, that might actually help you to process some of that stuff a little bit different. 
uh, a little bit better. Uh, and if you're anxious about choosing what you should do, don't worry, you are not alone. Um, a 2022 study of Gen Z people said that 33% um, did not think they could control the next steps in their, in their careers and 55% they were anxious about taking the next step. And can I just encourage us? This is why we want to talk about this. You can control the next step, okay? You don't have to be a victim to where you are right now. Where you are right now does not have to be where you always stay. Um, so it can be overwhelming to try decide what career and to pursue what steps to take next. And it's also different for everyone. That's why it can be kind of hard to talk about, right? Um, some things, it's just, it's, it's always different. So tonight, I want to actually get a bit of a variety in discussion. I've got two people that I would like to interview this evening. We're going to have a bit of a discussion around it. Hopefully, you find it helpful. And this is just, I guess, a discussion starter. Like at after parties, feel free to keep the discussion going um, because I think it's something that's really important to talk about. So first of all, I'm going to invite my strongmen, uh, Dave and Zach, to bring up a few little things to make it comfortable for us. Let's give it up for Dave and Zach. Zach got roped in uh, last month. Zach's actually starting to be an airline pilot. How awesome is that? And Dave is just killing it in the sales world. Um, so we could have maybe, maybe imagine if I surprised you and I was like, all right, we're interviewing you. That would have been, I feel like both of you would not appreciate that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach's like, I was thinking that he was extra nervous. Um, and so tonight, I want to invite up, we're going to get Sarah Trodes in. So let's give it up for Sarah. And yeah, maybe stick one here and yeah, yeah, we're playing this real good. Yeah, nice. There we go. Uh, I don't know, Sarah, it's up to you which one you want to sit in. Um, but you will be, you will be <laughs> some unkind person just said the tallest one. I think it was Georgia. Um, so we've got Sarah. We've also got... Pastor Josh O'Sullivan with us this evening. Why don't we welcome Pastor Josh, um, who him and his, his wife Yuki are just back in Australia after 15 years in Japan. Was that right? 15? Yes, 15 I'm, years, 14, 15. 14, 15. Planted a whole bunch of churches, started a whole bunch of businesses, now planning a church called Sozo Church on the Gold Coast. So, Thank you. Did I pronounce it correct, Sozo? Yes. No. No. Can you give us the correct pronunciation of? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Okay, just let me. Oh. Opening day. <laughs> It'll be bugging me the rest of my life. Um, so I thought we could start with maybe what you currently do now, just to give people a bit of context. So Sarah, do you want to go first? What do you currently do? So currently, I work for New Hope, and I'm uh, working business management. So finance and. A myriad of other things. Yeah, we're just saying, me and Josh were talking about for the service about like risk assessments, all the fun stuff. Yeah. I've got some emails that I need to reply back yeah. to you. <laughs> I was like, we haven't met in person, but we've emailed a lot, so it's nice to meet you, Josh. Yeah, and for context, Sarah is helping Josh set stuff up. Um, and Josh, I mean, currently you do a lot more than just the, uh, the church that you're planning, hey? Yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, I've always done a lot of different things, and I think that you know, your topic tonight is maybe good for, for different people because I've always done, you know, five different things at the same time. And sometimes you think about that. Am I doing the right thing or should I give up all of that and do this thing? And in the end, I think God's just wired us all differently and given us different, you know, gifts and talents. Um, and it's a bit of a journey to discover what we're yeah. doing. I didn't actually answer your question, but 
No, no. So, but you know, you're doing a lot of things. We were kind of joking that Josh's answer to tonight might just be, if you're not sure what to do, do them all, because um, that seems to be your approach to it. Um, so yeah. So currently, so I've been a pastor for. Uh, I was actually here in New Hope, and I moved to Japan um, when I was 21 with uh, Luke Kennedy. And uh, we started a church in Osaka and then I moved to Tokyo. We started a church in Yokohama where I've been for the last uh, 12 years and we planted churches out of there. Um, At the same time, we started a few different businesses. So I have two companies in um, Japan that that I'm still a director of and they continue to run there. Um, And also... uh, I'm a director of an international school in Japan, uh, an international Christian school as well that has a building and a lease and, you know, it's a, a, a big thing. And also we're here uh, starting a new church um, and church planning here in Australia and uh, want to be involved in missions as well. So, and it, so and you're I'm, doing all the things basically. Yeah. And, we, yeah. and you've got five kids. And we've got five kids. Yeah. So there's a little bit of uh, context there. So it's a little bit uh, different. Um, but it's who God's created me to be and I couldn't do what you're doing or what you're doing. Yeah, and I think that's really good. I think kind of the first question I wanted to ask, I mean, how did you end up doing the things that you're doing and kind of maybe sub-question, was it something you just always had your heart set on? Was it like this is, this is who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do? I would say that my life right now doesn't really make sense to a younger version of me because it's probably the opposite of where I saw myself. I started in finance and accounting, which is something I said my whole life I hated. So boring, accounts are boring, that's boring, never want to do it, got to uni, did it, and then got the job and loved it. Like I loved working as an accountant, which I promise you I'm not boring. Please please talk to me at the after party. Um, If you need like a topic to talk to Sarah about, just bring up Excel spreadsheets. Uh, You guys will get on real well. I do like an Excel spreadsheet. Anyways, um, not helping my case, but it was something that I always swore I would never be, but turned out that was actually really suited to me. But then I'd started that when I was 19. And by the time I was in my mid twenties, I'd been there for five years in tax and accounting. I was such a different person that the job no longer suited me at all. And it was quite confusing when you think you've, you're supposed to find this one career and I found it and I loved it. And then over time it just became so incompatible with me that it really actually threw me off because I thought I'd found my job and I was supposed to stay there. Um, And I worried that I was just being um, like discontented and I needed to sort that out. But then I got offered um, a role here and it sort of opened up this opportunity in my mind as to maybe I am allowed to change my mind on what is best for me in my career and, and what I'm good at. And maybe there's some things I want to discover more of. And I didn't take the first job I was offered here, but I took the second job I was offered here a couple months later. And yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. I think that's, it's funny how God sometimes has a way. I'd say my story was the same. I mean, growing up as a pastor's kid, the question was always, are you going to be a pastor? And I was always like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. Did a bunch of work experience, got a job that I loved in a totally different field. And then the door opens and it's like, hang on, I'm where I didn't think I'd be, but I actually love being here. Um, How about for you, Josh? I mean, how did you go about choosing all 19 of your careers? Um, (laughs) Well, like essentially I'm like unemployable. Like I've never had a job like like working for someone. Um, I think I worked for my dad for like a few days 
um, before he fired me. Um, <laughs> just joking. But, I mean, even from a young age, I always wanted to start something or or do something. It's where most people, you know, would go and work at McDonald's or ha- have a job. I was, like, importing T-shirts from Thailand and selling them on eBay, um, <laughs> you know, uh, in high school. Um, I got in a lot of trouble uh, earlier on in high school, uh, to do with, you know, computers and hacking and software and things like that. We were joking about that the other day. Um, and essentially got, you know, kicked out of classes and, you know, schools and stuff like that. Um, but I somehow, and and probably my family and, and dad was a big part of that. I went to university and studied software engineering at uh, university and that kind of enabled me to kind of grow in that area um, which was my area of skill. So I, I studied software engineering physics at university, which is not your traditional path to becoming a pastor. Um, and so I studied that and that kind of, you know, fulfilled all those desires of creativity and, you know, kept me out of trouble and, um, you know, business and things like that. Um, and then the other part of me that I always had in a young age was, um, you know, traveling and loved the world. I used to do a lot of backpacking and travel. And one of the first scriptures um, when I first started getting connected at church, which is actually here at New Hope, was in Psalms 2. And it says, like, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. And I didn't know what that meant. All I knew is that I loved to travel and loved missions and loved being overseas. And then, um, and that's why I went to Japan initially um, with Luke. And somehow along the way, it all kind of finds its place together. And so even as we're pastoring and leading and church planting, which is essentially like starting something new, it's it's all the same gift. Um, You know, we're doing things and we'll do things in the future more on the technology side and, you know, to do with software and all of that. Um, You know, very much connected. My wife's from Japan, you know, with the nations and we very much want to do church planting into other nations. And it's almost like... I don't know. I think God gives you little chances and opportunities to take those first steps. And I think if you don't take them, he brings them back at different points and it all weaves together into, you know, the path and the plan and the way that God has for you. But maybe you don't necessarily get there until you move forward in life. I think that's great advice. Like, I guess what you're saying is sometimes you actually have to start making some movement in some direction to kind of work out where you're headed. Yeah. Um, How important do you guys think and I want to come back to what you said about gifting because I think that's, that's great. But how, how important do you think it is um, to, uh, when you start out just to try some things to kind of work out what do I like and what don't I like? Because I think for some people there's maybe you have a really strong sense of this is what I want to do. For others it's just like I just don't know what I'm interested in. You think it's important to try? Uh, how important is self-discovery um, in this whole process? Um, I would say that it's the most important thing because I think it takes a long time to get to know yourself for like who you truly are and not who you maybe want to be or sometimes like the people we idolise are built completely differently to us and we want a life that wouldn't even suit us if we had it. We desire things that wouldn't even bring us joy or satisfaction because they look good on the person that they were made for. And so I think learning what's good for you and just genuinely 
who you are, what you enjoy, what actually brings you a genuine sense of purpose, irrelevant of what people have said you should do, what you should become and what other people around you are becoming is the most important thing. Because I don't know, I don't know about everyone here, but I don't think, I think, oh, I'm 27 now and I would say I'm only just getting a grasp on who, who I am and what I want out of life. Like, I think when we're younger, like, I, I genuinely had this thing where I was like, well, I'm good at nothing and I have no skills and I just will probably do something boring forever. And now I'm like, no, I've taken the time to get to know what I love, what brings me purpose yeah. and how I can put that into the work that I do. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, I think that's really – take note of, of that. Um, for you, Josh, like you were talking about kind of gift discovery. I know we were talking about like the, yeah, the IT stuff and you got like, was it two years you weren't allowed in an IT classroom, but you still got the IT prize at your school. Um, yeah, I had a, I don't know if that's like the one and yeah, I got a lot of trouble and, but that was clearly my, uh, my gifting. And so I was allowed to go to school. I was allowed to join this, the IT class, but I wasn't in any public state school, I wasn't allowed to touch a computer. <laughs> so it was just a weird, a weird, a weird two-year clause that I had on my schooling time. Yeah. So when it comes to like gift discovery, what would you, how would you like encourage someone who's maybe like, I just really don't know what my gifts are. Sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes it's like maybe like what you were saying, Sarah. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm gifted at. Yeah, I, I think we live in a little bit of a unique place, especially in Australia as in, you know, we're not, on the streets surviving like you don't you know if you don't have any uh you know base in life you've just got to do whatever you need to do to make money but in australia there's a good you know social you know um security or or um safety net there and so we're in a unique place where every person can find something that they actually enjoy and do and i think it's a bit of our responsibility to kind of work that out and try new things and in the end i think it's making a, a difference and making a difference in other people's lives and so i'd say opportunity probably if you're talking about your 20s and 30s and i don't know about your about your 40s um or or beyond but i think probably your 20s are a great time to try a whole lot of different things yeah. And because once you're married and you've got kids and your family and you've got responsibilities and you need to have a paycheck coming in, it's a little bit harder to take a lot of risk. Mm. Um, and you still do um, and you, you still should. But I think in your, you know, most people here are pretty young. I think it's a great time to explore, try some things. Yeah. And the worst thing probably would to go, you know, through that time and through that time period when you don't have a whole heap of commitments and not have tried some things that maybe you were good at or maybe you should have done that course because as you get older, you know, you can't be bothered going back to university or school or studying or things like that. There's really a time period of when you're young mm. where you're excited. Um, and the other thing I would say is when I was young, I got obsessed over just something. So whether that was just guitar and, you know, I just playing all day, every day guitar, whether that was software or whether that was traveling. And I think that's not a bad thing yeah. if it's like – xbox or games or netflix or you know that maybe that's not useful um but if you've got something where you're just like i just love this thing and i'm gonna get really good at it i would say that's probably something that god's put in your heart to try for a season and you probably saw that with chinese when you were studying in in taiwan for you know you just yeah 
I, I was just kind of doing what was in front of me, I think, and it turned out. I think I just had no shame, so I didn't care if I got it wrong and insulted people in Chinese. So I think I found I had a bit of a gift uh, maybe with language because I just maybe don't care what people think too much or I'm happy to like risk stuff, <laughs> say risky things and hope that it works out. Um, but I love that, that God kind of puts hints inside you as to maybe what he's calling you towards. I mean, talking about that, I think it'd be helpful just to touch briefly on like, what do you think it means to honor God with career choice? Because I think sometimes it can seem like, oh, if I want to have like a God honoring um, career, it means I've got to be a pastor. It means I've got to work for a church. Um, But how do we, you know, and obviously that's impossible, right? Like it would be impossible for everyone in here to be on staff at this church for this service. That just kind of wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, so, so how do you think you honor God in that, like in choosing a career path? How do you put God first in choosing your career? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just having a little think. I think I remember once someone, um, and I don't remember who, and I might not say it as well as they articulated it, but they said sometimes the church thing always looks like the God thing, but it's not necessarily for you. So, like, for example, they think to honor God is to always end up working in a church space, but to honor God is to actually pray and ask God what he's created you to do and to take church, Jesus, to where that passion actually lies. So for some people, their gift is to be um, communicating from a platform to actually speak into the lives of people. But for others, they might just be that incredibly comforting voice in their area of passion, no matter what that is. And so I think to honour God is to actually pray and discover your own passion and actually allow yourself to believe that God put that in you for a reason and then to explore it. Yeah. yeah. And if you can work in an area that is your passion, then that's just, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Josh, have you got anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably more like a lot more so on, like, I don't think, you know, there's no special place in heaven for like pastors or people who've worked at a a church or something like that. Um, (laughs) And so I'm much more in, in life and that's something I'm passionate about. And, and why we're church planning is like really encouraging people in your gifts and your career and your work, um, you know, living um, as Jesus did and following Jesus and um, really being an example of Jesus to whatever you do. And if that's, if you're a good communicator, I think there's going to be, you know, opportunities in a church context or a teaching context or worship leader or things like that, um, obviously. But I think just even personally, um, and now even, you know, visiting some churches and whatnot, I'm a lot more interested in people who are, you know, communicating or pastoring that have had a lot of life experience um, as well. I think Levi's a lot more interesting because he's been in Taiwan for six years and have all these crazy stories about like old Taiwanese retirees or something. Um, Then perhaps if he had, you know, um, you know, just been in Bible school for six years and now a pastor. And so I think, um, I think that every person is does have opportunities to you know to share about Jesus and that, um, but I don't think it's necessarily I, I got to work at church yeah. to do that. And in fact, you may have much more influence if you're in the business world or in your sphere, um, doing what you do uh, do well, um, but also living for Jesus. Yeah, I think that's that's really powerful. Hey, um, and I mean even on that. What, what advice would you give to someone who maybe they're like, I'm in a job that I really dislike, 
Um, and cause there's obviously, you know, part of it is like, okay, well, you can't actually change. I think there's permission to change. I don't think that God just, like, it's not just like there's one job for you and you're locked in now. Like you can't actually change. But I think through different seasons in life, sometimes work isn't as enjoyable or for whatever. Maybe we discover this is actually not what I'm called to do. But in that moment, how do you live as called and live God honoring? Even when maybe you're like, I know this isn't where I'm always, like, I know this isn't the job that God's kind of calling me to be in. Um, I know something that uh, I think my mom always said to us is whatever you do, do it as if you were working for God himself. And so I think no matter where you're working, treating your employer and the business that you're a part of like you were working for God himself is such a big principle, like actually honouring the person who's employing you, whether, I mean, they might not be the best person or it might not be the best job, but that's actually incredible for your character And sometimes it takes a few jobs that aren't great to get where you want to be. And so being able to actually be a valuable employee, no matter what you're experiencing um, to a certain degree, is actually probably going to help you get into your future. Um, And I don't know, some of the jobs that I've liked the least have taught me some of the most valuable lessons. Because even in a job right now where I feel like I'm really in a place for my purpose, I'm loving it, I'm enjoying it, there's always parts of that job that are going to be difficult. I don't know if you could find a job where 100% of it you just love because there's always going to be admin, there's always going to be other people involved, there's always going to be something that you might need to work a little harder in even if you love it. So don't waste an opportunity to prepare yourself for the thing that you love. Yeah, that's. I think that's great advice. What for you, Josh? I mean, like, yeah, obviously... We talk about having a, and I think sometimes it can be a bit misleading when we're like, what's your core job? Like, get into that. Like, sometimes there's actually a process. It's not just like, you know, okay, now I'm living where I want to be. Like, sometimes we have to, you know, there's foot in the door jobs that aren't maybe what we love. What, what would your advice be to someone? Who's- um, once again, like, back to this is not, oh, well, it's hard to say it's not for everyone because when God's put this in me, I think it's for everyone. Mm. But I would say, I would. I really encourage everyone to think about um, doing something or starting something. Is really my um, my gift set, and so that's what I really encourage people. I realize that's not for everyone, um, but I would say there's jobs, and like as as Sarah said, they're going to teach you something. Um, but I would say every step in my journey in different places, and even coming here to Australia um, after what we've been building in, in Japan for 15 years, you know, moving countries and things like that. It's always a big risk. Um, and I just think when you get to the end of your life, you, you know, there's probably going to be some things that you regret. And I think you're never going to, if you stayed in a job for the money and you hated it and you stayed there as a career choice, I think you're going to regret that. I think you'd probably rather say, I wish I'd followed my dreams and passions and maybe it was risky on the money side. And I didn't know how it was going to work out, but at least I gave it a shot. Yeah. And that's like kind of how I'm living my life. Is like I don't know everything that's going to work out and, and whether it's perfect and whether God's there and whether the finance is there. Yeah. But at least I can go to heaven saying at least I gave it a shot. And if yeah. it didn't work, um, and I used to say this in Japan, like if, it does, if, it's, if the church doesn't work or it, people stop coming, hey, what's the worst thing? Like we live in a tent in the park or something. Like <laughs> if that's the worst, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and I'm going to take that risk. Yeah. Um, and I would just say it comes back to, you know, Jesus says you got to ask and seek and knock. And I think if you're in a job, it's no 
problem with asking is there an opportunity is there a pay rise is there a promotion is there something else um seeking you know looking for things writing down your dreams like applying for stuff and just keep knocking and i think most people knock on one door knock on another door and settle and i just think life is often you've got to ask you've got to seek and you've got to knock and even after you know been doing this for a long time i still dread asking sometimes i've just got to ask for something um you know, and it's you don't want to, but unless you ask, it's almost God sometimes doesn't deliver the dream. And so you do have to sometimes have those awkward conversations and starts, you know, yeah. down, your, down a path. Yeah, that's really good. Um, we're, we're talking about, I guess, a bit about, um, you know, being, I guess, being where God wants us to be. What advice would you give to someone who's like, I'm not sure what God wants me to do? next like i want to follow god i want to honor him with my career um maybe i know something whatever i know something's going to change or whatever how do i know where god wants me to be like if it all comes down to and i guess that's what essentially we're saying is the best place to be is where god wants you to be but how do we know where god wants us to be if you got any advice there's no silver bullet answer to this question either but what advice would you give to someone who's kind of like i'm trying to work out where god wants me to be I want to honor him in that decision-making. I'm just not sure. Um, When I was offered a job here, um, I had a lot of beef with God (laughs) because I wanted him to tell me what to do. And I prayed and I fasted and I did everything that in my, like, Christian-y that I could think of. (laughs) And, like, God never was like, this job. And it really upset me because I was like, I'm trying to do what you want me to do, but if you don't tell me what you want me to do, take the job. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting from the voice from heaven. And I remember it was like kind of like going through all the stages of grief. Like I was like denial and then I was like angry. And then I was like, anyways, it was a long time. And I think sometimes we (laughs) expect God to literally tell us what to do when we actually have been given like a free will. Like you have a mind, you have a heart, like we have things to help guide us. Mm -hmm. And if you are praying to God and trusting in him and you feel like you're getting nothing, I think all you can do is take the next step Mm -hmm. and really trust that God's not going to, you know, you're not going to fall off the track that he has for you. Like I really had to get over this idea that um, the idea was going to make or break my entire life. Mm. Like if I don't take this new opportunity, I've missed it. And yeah. that was the first time I was offered a job here. I was so overwhelmed. And I really just felt like f- that moment for God was like, you, like you have to make this decision for yourself yeah. and trust that I'm not going to like forget that I had this plan for you and you yeah. picked wrong. And so I ended up not taking the job here and just going, you know what, if I am meant to work here right now, this isn't the best decision for me. So I'm going to stay where I am. Mm. And that with everything that I have is the best decision for me right now and trust that a new opportunity will come up for me. And that was, yeah, that was how I navigated that. And then I was offered a job here in a new season and it was perfect. And I could, I just knew it in the moment, Yeah. but sometimes you get nothing and and that's okay. But just know that the plan is not like a line. Yeah. That's what helped me. Like sometimes we just have to make the best decision with what we have while praying, while seeking and worst comes to worst, believing that God is going to lead us where we need to be. Yeah. 
I love that. I think some of the best advice I had around this was like um, someone saying that like, like sometimes God actually asks, maybe like gives you to the decision, like what do you want to do? Like, and I think if we're humble enough to be like, God, I, I really want to do what you want to do and, I th- and this is kind of what I want to do. So, you know, like we've got to trust that God can shut a door just as well as he can kind of open a door as well. Uh, have you got anything to add to that, Josh? Yeah, no, I think that's um, I think that's really good. And I think as a as a you know as you're following Jesus, uh, once you get that kind of initial stuff worked out, and maybe some of those biggest sin areas, I think as you go through life, the choices that you have are not between good and bad. The choices that you have are between good and good or good yeah. and great. Yeah. And so it's that's the choices that you have. And I think. Um, you know, I think Jesus often speaks through his peace. And so if you have his peace, you're probably in the right direction and heading in the right place. Mm. And if you step out of that, you just don't feel so good. Or yeah. if you're married in that case, is your wife is probably the one who knows. Yeah. And a lot of the time I've made a decision and, you know, even moving to Australia and, you know, talking with Yuki and I think this is, you know, I feel this is what she, we should do. And she's probably like, I've been telling you that for six months. You yeah. just haven't been listening. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I would say that. And then just another one um, you can do is this, you know, am I in the right place or is this the right thing? You've got a great community of people around you. And, and I think you've got groups and things like that, that are a safe space uh, for that. And, you know, sometimes you can do things like that. Hey, this week, we're going to talk about this. And if you went round, if every person went round and just spoke about Levi and these are the gifts I see you have, you have and this is what you could do. And sometimes that forces you to dream bigger and you need people around you to coach yeah. you and encourage you. And every time I've kind of done that with people or people have done that with me, other leaders, I always come away from that thinking, I, I knew it, but it's almost like it, like it, 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 you know, filled up with faith from other people speaking yeah. in. And so I'd say your community, your people around you, um, are really important um, for that. Sometimes you know what to do, but you don't have enough faith or boldness or strength to actually do it. And you need someone to say, you know, that's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, I love that. And I think uh, I think the gifting stuff is great as well. Like, I think it's sometimes yeah, our gift can be so obvious to everyone else, but it seems so natural to us because it's a part of who we are that sometimes we can't actually see it. And you do need people around you to be like, no, it's really obvious what, what your gift is. Um, can we thank Josh and Sarah this evening? Thank you. Thank you. Was that helpful for people? I hope that was helpful. Um, and again, I mean, there's so many things we could pull from that, but I think it's just so important. Um, you know, I guess where we're landing there is like just having that heart of seeking. I really want to be where God wants me to be. You know, that that's my heart at the at the the base of it all. I've got the humility to say, maybe this is what I want to do, but God, your will, not mine, be done. You know, like if this is not what you've got for me, God, I pray that you would, you know, kind of lead me in the right direction. So let's be encouraged. Come on. You have got a purpose for your life. You've got a purpose to fulfill. Your purpose is not just your job. Your purpose and your calling is not just you've got one job for your whole life. Figure it out. I think that God uses our our careers as vehicles to achieve our purpose. So whether you're living the dream and a job that you love, decide, I'm not just going to live this for myself. I want to use this to make the world a better place. And whether you're in a, a job that you hate, decide, I'm, gonna, I'm building my tomorrow in the job that I'm doing today. I'm learning everything that I can learn. I'm making the most of the opportunity that's in front of me and trusting God that He's going to lead me into what's next. 
Hey, would we stand this evening? I hope you're encouraged to build your life. You are not a victim to now. You are not a victim to your past. The power of Jesus in you is a power that helps you to overcome, to dream dreams, to live out the big life that He has called you to. I would love just to take a moment, maybe this evening that that message, that conversation has been really helpful to you. Maybe this is something that you've been struggling with and wondering with and and just not sure. Um, I'd love just even just pray this evening with you that even in this week that, that God might even start to clarify a few of the things in you, whether it's to highlight some gifts, whether it's, again, to clarify maybe what the next step is, to bring a bit more clarity around what the purpose you have right now is. I'd love to just pray and, and, and believe with you that you would experience that this week. So maybe just as we close our eyes, if that's you, something this evening is really speaking to you, would you just raise your hand up? I'd love to pray with you. Yep, heaps of hands. That's awesome. Well, Jesus, we just thank you that our future is in your hands. And I just pray for everyone who's maybe wrestling with this, who's confused about this, who's who's really trying to honor you. I pray that as they make that decision, that you would make their path straight, that you would reveal to them gifts that maybe they didn't recognize that they had, that you would open doors of opportunity. And God, that you would help them to see the purpose that you have, not just in the future, but for now. And we pray that as we honor you with this, that you would help us to build great big lives that honor you, that bring glory to you, that reflect you to the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. And hey, as we keep our eyes closed, just for another moment, maybe you're here this evening, maybe as we talked about not having to be a victim to your past, that Jesus has an amazing future for you. Maybe a decision to follow Jesus is the next step for you, whether it be the first decision to be like, I want to step out in faith. I want to follow Jesus. I want that to be what I do with my life. Maybe it's a decision to come back and to, to recognize I've gotten a bit off track. I want to come back and follow Jesus afresh. I'd love to pray with you if that's you. Um, so maybe just with, with our eyes closed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand up? You're saying, that's me this evening. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. I'm, I'm not going to make this too long. Yeah, see that hand? Awesome. So good. Anyone else here this evening, you're saying, that's me. I want to follow Jesus the first time, or I want to make a decision to go on that journey again. Awesome. Well, geez, we thank you for our friend responding to you tonight. I pray that you would fill them with a fresh hope, Jesus, that even as they walk out of here this evening, that there would be a, 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 a passionate hope burning within their heart as they walk out of this place and into all that you're calling them to be. I pray that they would be, um, I pray that you'd just be really speaking to them. They would have a sense of your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Why don't we give it up for that, those people? That's incredible. And Pastor James and Talitha are going to come tell you what you can do next if that was you.